I haven't put my projections on there yet. I would start thinking about those. Fair now. enough. I have I've I have two sets of predictions. One for if I still needed points to win the predictions. <laughs> Come and to the, the other... team strategy, it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> and the other is my crazy one that I so hope happens. Your showboating predictions. I don't, oh. because I don't need any points. This is your end I'm of the I was gonna say go for those ones, it's gonna make a better content. Go for those. I will. Oh. Right, I shall introduce. We're good. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Undercut Podcast. We are back in the nick of time for this weekend's season finale, ladies and gentlemen, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. As always, I am one of your hosts, Timo Elbers Daily, and I am joined, as always, by my two more than capable co-hosts, Ellie Mae Taylor and Jesse Billington. Ellie Mae, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. I would now like you to refer me as the, the champion of this podcast. Uh, that will be patent pending, and we will have a review and a discussion about that with the FIA in due course. Jesse, how are thank you? you. I'm ready to bow down to our Taylor overlords, and I think that it is only right we do so. Yes, yes. Oh, excuse me. Terrible affliction there. Uh, before we get on to Abu Dhabi itself and all of it... We should point out for context, we? Through, we should point out for context why... They'll listen. Is in We've such got a loyal people audience. listening to this podcast. No, no. We, they, they'll listen. They'll know. They'll know, Jesse. Go back and listen they'll to know. the predictions review for the last episode if you want to know what we're on about, because... Exactly. exactly. <sighs> Ellie Mae is I'm entering my, Yeah, I'm entering my Fernando Alonso phase of just, I am a god. Need to get a deck chair for Christmas. Anyway, we will romp through what the hell has happened, because amusingly, there isn't really any F1 news. There's just a lot of F2 and F3 related news, which I am more than happy to just go through right now. Some of which is a little bit of a recap, just because it's now relevant, because it's Abu Dhabi. So back on October 20th, for example, Trident announced that Australian Caden Williams would no longer be driving for them in Formula 2 and would be replaced for Abu Dhabi. There was no real reason given for this, and he looked quite promising in terms of junior category with a lot of funding, a lot of the right infrastructure behind him and all the rest of it. So it's very interesting to see what's going to happen with him moving forward and what that is all about. However... Zane Maloney, boy from Barbados, don't you know, Jesse? Uh, from Barbados. Step in for him. I know. It's 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 news to me. He will step in here. He came second in the Formula 3 season this year in his rookie year. And Abu Dhabi is usually the kind of time where we see anyone from F3 who might be making the step up to F2 for the following year have a go. Jack of last year, for example. And so that is going to be quite interesting to see what he is capable of. He's got two races, no real pressure on him. But he is bloody quick, so that is going to be quite interesting. Um, Felipe Drogovic will drive for Aston Martin in FP1. Uh, now that he has a super licence, which is amusing that he didn't have it before, <laughs> considering he's F2 champion. Um, he had a test session at Silverstone early in November. So he's got all the goodies he needs to now. And whilst we're just on the topic of FP1 briefly, Alex Pelot will be driving in FP1 for McLaren. Um, so that's interesting as well. Then there's the other bit of interesting news that 
Because, you know, Red Bull, they don't have any juniors at all these days. It's just an empty farmhouse with the gates wide open. Enzo Fittipaldi has joined the Red Bull family. And I actually do want to get your thoughts on this one, Jesse, and maybe even Ellie May, as shocking as it is, because, well, she doesn't care about F2 too much. She cares about Red Bull, and I'll be intrigued here. So, Jesse first, Enzo joining Red Bull. I think it's a wise move. Because the kid has proven he's got some racing talent, and Red Bull... I'm not denying that. Red Bull... Uh, getting to grips with the idea of if you look after a junior driver, there is a possible chance you'll get something out of them. So it's going to be interesting to see if they carry that mentality forwards a bit and what they'll do with Enzo Fittipaldi. I mean, not with any of their other drivers. I don't know why they've opted to do this with a completely different driver. Perhaps it's the idea of starting afresh. Perhaps they've seen something in him that we haven't. Who okay, knows? To adopt another child. What about your other children? Fuck. Fine, they're, they're different. It's a different problem, not, not a problem they're dealing with now. I, it's it's an odd one. I just think it's it's also good because I've had my doubts about and the Fittipaldi's getting into F1. Both of them, brilliantly talented drivers. We've seen Pietro driving. We've seen Enzo absolutely putting in some brilliant performances in F2. They haven't quite got there isn't the links, there isn't the immediate attraction for them, but to get at least to get Enzo in through this Red Bull team might be a good little step. We might get to see a Fittipaldi back in Formula One a bit more permanently than we've seen Pietro. It's, I don't know, speculation. Which is where I'm going to bring you in, Ali Bay, because in Formula Two, Enzo Fittipaldi is known as the Shark. It's very good, but he's very ruthless. Is this a perfect way for Baby Shark to replace Verstappen in a classic Shark move at some point in the near future? I like Jesse, I think I welcome Enzo Fittipaldi going into the Red Bull family, but I don't really have a good reason for it other than I quite like having just a Brazilian pool of drivers in the back pocket that might make their way up because we're missing a Brazilian driver in the Formula One grid and I don't know whether... Here's two at once. Yeah, I would love Drogovic to come through. I don't know how it, it does require Aston Martin having common sense and realising that Lost Stroll drives for them and then thinking, hold on a minute, why are we doing that? We've got Felipe Drogovic or literally anyone else. Well, it's a bit like Williams as well, going after a driver that hasn't yet got super licence points. The only defence I have for them is that at least he is in their driver programme and they have ties True. with him for a lengthy period. So it does make sense. On a, it's, it's annoying that they have to bank so much on that and we don't know what happens if he doesn't get it. But at least you can see the logic there, whereas Enzo going like, but what about Lawson and Daruvula and Hauger and every bloody other person you've got or the other my five million children? But at the same time, I agree with you. It's nice to see that he's getting a step closer because, again, I think you look at Carlos Sainz, you survive Red Bull program, you go somewhere else as quickly as you can, but you use them to get in and then you go somewhere else maybe. I don't know whether yeah. it be. Maybe he goes to Hertz. And he just goes, I'll use you to get some FP1 sessions and we do a bit of that. And then, hi, Gunter. Yeah, it's... I think it pays very well to be in the Red Bull camp because, I what, six drivers? I've just pulled that out of randomness are from the Red Bull Academy. 
or six six F one drivers at the moment. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, you've got the four that are in Red Bull and Avatari, then you've got plus Ricardo, plus Vettel, plus Sainz. That's eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So, maybe half the grid. Yeah. Yeah, I think it pays more to be within Red Bull because they kind of will let you move to another team if they have sort of no use for you. Whilst you look at sort of the people that come through from Ferrari, like Giovinazzi, or, or like you have the problem now with Mick Schumacher that he's come through the Ferrari training driver mm-hmm. academy, and now if has to drop him, Mick's got nowhere to go. He may go to Miss Toto, I think, has sort of said that he a Schumacher's welcome always in uh, Mercedes. But other than that, he's got nowhere to go. And hmm. so you're hedging your bets a bit, and it'd be interesting to see how that develops for certain. I just don't think he would actually be driving for Red Bull Alpha Terry anytime soon. So it's gonna be very interesting. The last bit of news that we have, Jesse, fresh off the press, it's on the day of recording at least. Ollie Behrman is going to step up from F3 to F2, joining Prima for 2023. Goes against my advice, but also I can see why they've done it, and he's a very capable young man. So it should be exciting to see what he can do at least now that it is going to happen. Yeah, very speedy little wheelsmith. And Prima have a decent reputation in F2. If they can pull their socks up for this season coming, they could be... Very uh, decent. Yeah, they could be up to some pretty good things, especially if Ollie Berman stays on form, if he comes into it focused and determined. I don't know, who is he going to be really be racing in F2 next season? I need to have a proper look over the calendar, but I don't know if there's going to be any big contenders. You've got your Teo Porcher, I suppose, he's going to be his biggest moment. rival. You've got Dennis Hauger, you've got Teo Porcher. Uh, so he's got a he's got a big feisty grid oh. at the front end of it. So if you can wind his way up into that top six and start pulling in some big punches there, that's going to be immediately something that the Ferrari Driver Academy is going to have to write down on a piece of paper and waggle in front of Mattia Binotto because if he's able to what jump straight, Binotto to... thinks immediately that this is a good idea and does something completely different. Yeah, something. Uh, it's a, probably a bad idea to get that shown to Mattia Binotto. Ralph Schumacher, what are you doing these days? Let me side you back up for a Ferrari. Binotto, is, why? Oh why? Ralph, Ralph Schumacher's kid races in F3, Fracker. He races yeah. in one of the junior tiers, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. raced in F3, then he wasn't brilliant at it, and then he went to Frecker, had a big crash, and not necessarily in Frecker, but he crashed badly in something, and he's still around somewhere, but he's not Mick, which is funny because Ralph is not Michael. Mm. But anyway, Ollie Thurman, looking forward to him next year, bottom line there, before we yes, go on a yeah, spicy round. things coming from him. To Jesse for this next session. Yeah, Oliver Mintzlaff is now the director for Red Bull Racing as a whole. Um, he uh, will be in control of AlphaTauri and Red Bull, filling in for the very sadly missed Dietrich Mateschitz after his passing earlier this year. So, yeah, we, it'll be interesting to see what direction Mintzlaff takes the teams under and what we see happen to Red Bull Motorsports and their various guises from there. But that is later. My bold prediction oh, is going to be... Not another one of these. Perez... And Verstappen caused Horner such headaches next year that he needs a career break and Gunter comes in to save the day at Red Bull. Ooh, Gunter Steiner leading Red Bull would be 
something spicy indeed, but we'll have Bucking to wait. smash that door, lads, and ladies. Oh, I why why did you say that like Peter Kay? <laughs> Get that f***ing cooker on. I would love for Jerry Horner to then be the main breadwinner in that family, and Christian Horner's just essentially a spice boy. The Spice Girls have to start touring again. Especially then because you can picture Christian just yeah. wandering around the garden with Flavio the dog, just thinking, I used to run an F1 team. The dog's like, sure you did, mate. Sure you did. And now I breed donkeys. <laughs> just sitting there talking to a donkey called Bottas, just like, it used to be a lot funnier when I was involved in Formula One. Now it's quite sad. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get completely sidetracked to the retirement life of uh, uh, Christian Horner, which is weird one to think of um or indeed gunter steiner if he was from bolton that's a very odd one to think about as well as um timo's impression gave wind to see you joke about me trying accents on the podcast you attempt to do a gunter steiner from sort of germany and you end up in bolton i was no no i was just doing me with a different voice i was not imitating anyone Oh, it was just you doing I'm a different voice. I'm not bold enough to try. I'm not bold enough to try things like Spanish, which you tried and had results at. So let's not go there, shall we? Oh, I'm, I'm always willing to go there. You know that. Anyway, um, we'll move on to previously at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And uh, when did we last go there? 2021. It was the 22nd of the 22 races on the calendar, and it was fun sick it was about as sick as it was I was quiet race wasn't it nothing, nothing really happened nothing really happened it was an absolutely sick nasty race about as sick as I was on the Monday after having drunk far too much in a slightly dodgy club where you could get women of the night in a hotel in downtown Abu Dhabi but uh, we won't need to get well, too name, much in was she nope. called Doris no her name was not called Doris why have you decided that's a running gag on this podcast Timo don't laugh at that one don't encourage this behaviour anyway how did that pan out the race that is not my evening spent in a slightly dodgy club oh. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up in a bed next to that's a man, another that's story, a different story. Um, there was there was some change left on the side and that's all he needs to know <laughs> I don't really feel we need to go into that, nor do we really need to go into the details of the race because everyone knows how that race ended. That was, uh, it was pretty, pretty well known at this point, quite what panned out there. So we'll shuffle on to who the track favours historically. Well, last year saw a slight tweak to the circuit and uh, improved the racing a little bit going into the third sector as well as reprofiling turn five. But we'll ignore that to compile some data digging as far back as 2000. And nine. Mercedes lead overall with six wins to Red Bull's five, and Lotus and McLaren have one apiece. The German manufacturer winning every race on the bounce from 2014 through to 2019. Lewis Nico, Lewis Bottas, Lewis Lewis, in that order. Red Bull's first two come in 2009 and 10 with Seb, and again in, with Vettel in 2013. The next wins for the Austrian outfit to come in 2020, and famously in 2021, both with Max Verstappen. McLaren's win came in 2000 and 11 with Lewis and the Lotus win was Kimi in 2012 but of recent it's been close between the Silver Arrows and Red Bulls going in this year especially off the back of Brazil it's looking like we could see a battle royale between the two George and Lewis have found some weapons grade pace in the W13 and Max seems to have lit the blue touch paper of destruction at Red Bull if Checo goes sicko mode again we might see something quite spectacular Question is, what weather can we expect? Warm and dry. It's the desert. Not going to be pretty much anything else. Might be a bit of a. I feel wind. like you, I can, can you please just insert the, the, the weatherman from Family Guy? Oh, Brick Tamland. <laughs> can we warm and dry? Thanks, Ali. 
Oh, oh, from Family Guy. I was thinking of Anchorman for some reason. Um, yes, I don't know why I was thinking of Anchorman for that. It, it's, anyway. Um, it's too easily confused things. He must have someone else on the brain anyway. Yeah. Um, I wonder who. Not Doris. <laughs> we didn't say that. You said that. It was implied. It was implied. Um, which on-track battle should we look out for? Well, as I've already mentioned, the Jesse's feelings. Uh, my feel I'm always battling my feelings um, especially with regards to Ferrari uh, as I've already mentioned the Red Bulls are going to be battling the Mercedes if the Brackley outfit have the right package on Sunday Ferrari might well be able to get into the mix call me optimistic but we might see six cars duking it out this weekend we just might Charles and Checo are tied on points to expect sparks as early as qualifying from those two Checo might be fighting with a hand tied behind his back though if Max refuses to help out again whereas Charles may get an aid from Carlos Further back, Alpine still need to fend off McLaren and Ocon can still lose out to Fernando in the standings as well. So tensions are running high there and the battle between the blue cars will likely be a big one. The pressure is on. Also, Yuki ran well here last year. So if AlphaTauri can run a decent strategy, he could be one to watch. Which leads us nicely into our predictions. Ellie May, you've promised us some absolute firecrackers, so we'll open with your poll. I'm actually gone with a poll that I want and it's not as firecracker as the rest of it it's actually quite boring I've gone for Leclerc but because I really want a Ferrari poll okay that's fair enough I can do you one better Jesse you if you uh, which I, I think you said you've changed yours since I wrote them down so are you I about, have and so it's going to make Ellie May happier if it happens it's not only a Ferrari poll it's a Carlos science poll position <laughs> Okay, well, I've also gone for a Leclerc pole position. I wrote these predictions. I did a team at one point. I got bored and filled in my predictions for the last like three races on the bounce. So I've I've written Leclerc pole position here at this point. So it's looking like a Ferrari front row at least, if our predictions are anything to be uh, taken by. So we'll move on to. We the, hope so. We hope so. We can. We, we live in hope. If anything on this if, podcast, if they're good at anything, it's Saturday. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> But Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of Sunday, podium, Ellie May. Sebastian Vettel win. Daniel Ricciardo in second. Carlos Sainz in third, because I cannot forget my man Carlos Sainz and I need a Ferrari what the fuck on about the Tifi? I look at my predictions and I know I don't have Latifi on there. And I kind of Do you not think that's him. a pretty big bloody error? Well, maybe... He's the goat, anyway. The goat. Well. No, no, no. Don't be I doing your finger no. and go, eh, eh, eh. Put him no. in third place. Put him in third place. No. Put him in second place. I still hope that he would not crash in Japan. And it would not be... And if he did, it would not be his fault. And what did he do? Crash, and it's his fault. So... <laughs> like Max Verstappen said, I have my reasons. Ellie May has her reasons there for her podium. It is an interesting The difference podium. being hers makes sense. We know what her reasons are, which we probably never will with Max and that uh, Brazil incident. Um, Timo, your podium, which is likely, again, different to what I've got written down. I think that might be the same, actually, but I have gone for a Lewis Hamilton win. I've gone for a Max Verstappen second place. And Charles Leclerc in third. Oh, no, it is correct. Right, there we go. I've gone for a Russell win, uh, Verstappen second, Leclerc third. 
which would see Leclerc take second in the stand championships. I think it depends whether or not Russell... Well, considering I, Perez isn't ahead the, of him no, on that podium. No, so I, yes. no, but I don't know if Russell would have enough points from this to leap both of them. He wouldn't because no. he needs them to DNF. Oh, he needs both of them to DNF. Right, there we go. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But anyway, I'm thinking Russell, Verstappen, Leclerc, my podium. That's what I've got. That's what I'm sticking with. Fastest lap. Ellie May, your line still reads as blank. What have you got for us? I've gone for George Russell because why break a habit of a lifetime? It's a habit that's paid out very nicely and has certainly earned you the championship. So, yeah. Why I, not? I, yeah, I just thought in homage to him, really. To get down before him on bended knee and proclaim to him that he doth be the greatest. It was only a matter of time, wasn't it, Jesse? Let's face it. It gets to us all eventually. You can't look at those baby blues and say anything but niceties. Timo, your fastest lap. I have gone for a strategy that I used earlier this season to at least a bit of success. And I have copied Delhi May and gone for George Russell fastest lap. The logic being, I jump on this bandwagon at the last minute and get an extra point, and that's lovely. And if I don't, it doesn't matter anymore, so just, so it's all just for tit for tat. But I take a point off Ellie May because I've jinxed it. And I now know a strategy that could help me next year. It's not tit for tat because you're only a point ahead of me in the standings. So much like the real world, the fight for second goes on. That is a happy coincidence. It's almost like we scripted it. Um, my fastest lap, I've gone for Sergio Perez, which is an interesting one, but we'll wait. Yeah, I don't know. It could happen. He's going to be driving angry. This is this is my theory. He's going to be driving angry and there's going to be a fastest lap in there. See, Russell, I no, I almost went for Perez as for fastest lap, but then I thought, Traditions. <laughs> Traditions. Um, wild prediction time then. Ellie May, I think we'll save your wild prediction for last. I'm going to put some pressure on it. I've gone for oh, a yeah. Joe top six, which isn't particularly spicy. I just think he could pull we, something we, interesting We're building up here, aren't we? Because that's pretty tame as a wild prediction yeah. for the last race of the season. Goes. Yeah. So I've gone for Joe top six. Timo, you've gone for... This is one that's been sitting around since pretty much halfway in the season. I've been trying to decide yeah, whether I've, this is I've crazy or not. I back in August and I have got to stick with it just because it would be just chef's kiss. And my wild prediction is that Andretti are finally confirmed to join Formula One with a team. Daniel Ricciardo is joining. Yeah. Yeah, we, I think both <laughs> I'll be made. happy with that. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm up for that. Who would be their engine supplier, just out of curiosity? Ford or Chevy. Audi. IndyCar style. Audi aren't ready yet. Uh, Ford would Ford have to Chevy. really hurry through a development of a 1.6 litre hybrid. I think it'd be. Then. Mm. Or, or Toyota. I was going to say Honda, to be fair. Honda make a surprise Honda, reappearance. Honda. I was just about to say just Honda. After, <laughs> after Red Bull go to all the effort of building their own engine factory, Honda go, nah, we're going to come back. Notice how I didn't do a Japanese accent there, and that's because I am respectful. Anyway. That's the second time you've made a violin noise. He makes me do that a lot when he gets me accents. <laughs> Insert joke about Timo's G-string here. Um, and also, can I just remind everyone listening again to go back and listen to the Mexico review where Jesse tries to do an Australian accent when we had an Australian as a guest. And that, I pulled that accent off. You did not. She was being polite. She might have been being quite polite there, yeah. Anyway, 
Ellie May, your wildest of wild predictions. Well, I thought we may not see Mick Schumacher next year, so I thought I had to include Mick Schumacher forgetting all about Latifi. So I put that Mick Schumacher finishes in the points, but now I feel like because you put me last for the build-up, I feel like it's, <laughs> it's a bit anticlimactic, isn't it? Well, I didn't know what you were going to say. It was a bit of a gamble. It was like a Charles Leclerc going out three on Inters. Yeah, it's it's a bit of you a gamble. Then I I would change it and oh. make Schumacher top five. Then oh. Yeah, take that with your Joe top six nonsense. <laughs> I mean, the two are compatible. You could have both of those. Yeah. Could you imagine? It's, it's it's because... I now really want it. Hang on, Ellie, are you saying top five or fifth place? Just so I'm clear before I say something. Top five. Okay. We get we get that top five and we get Joe P7. <laughs> Oh, just to annoy Jesse. <laughs> I would be. I mean, he's already we, crying, bless him. He doesn't like that idea at all. No. We could have something crazy like, I don't know, Leclerc and Perez take each other out in. I was going to say, if you have Ferrari and Red Bull just annihilate each other immediately, and Mercedes have a bit of a Sakir situation, you could get your podium, have Mercedes still in the top 10. And just get and just get like twenty points, just so that they can go over Ferrari, just to really piss them off, and then you could have everything else happen. But we still have Joe P seven, and as well in Alonso's attempt to overtake Ocon in the championship, they'll crash out two DNFs. When there. we say attempt to overtake him, do we just assume we assume that Ocon is going to defend <laughs> on the corner exit, and Alonso is just going to forget to go right enough when he goes for the overtake? I think that's that's what we're meaning here. Will he just say stroll inspired him? Yeah, just go straight in the back of him and whoop. Or, I don't know, just, just, just be mean about it and be Alonso. I don't know. Just so, start a deck chair at him. <laughs> I was wondering what we've had to say when you started off with debt. And I was like, oh, hang on. Um, you think anyway, Doris again? I don't know where you got this concept from or why it's stuck as a running gag. Um, anyway, those are our predictions for the... Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the last Grand Prix of the season. So, anyone have any final points to throw out there before we wrap up this uh, rather quickish, actually, uh, preview of the final race of the season? It's weird to say, but I'm glad it's the last one. I think we need a little bit of a break after all of this. We need a break. I think we need a break from each other. Well, that's not going to happen. There's scarcely been a week this year that I haven't had to sit down on a Monday evening and be insulted by either of you. I also, I mean, you can leave this in the edit if you want, Jesse, or not, but I also think it made that we should probably arrange with G at some point to to make sure we can talk to them at least once a week when they're down under in ours. I feel like that's just for tradition's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Meet up every Monday. Mm-hmm. every Monday whatever yeah. time it is or in Australia when it's 8pm here we fire up the Zoom call and away we go just a little natter I've, I've had yep. to deal with enough of them this year that I don't mind doing that I'm, I'm, that's acceptable so that's not going to work on me as well as you wanted that to and she gets up weird times anyway this early May woman sometimes so suspiciously early which she has reasons but you know that might not work as a plan to do what want I mean, we've still got stuff to wrap up this season. We still haven't finished, like, concluded F2 yet. We've still got the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix review to do. We've still got our big season review still to come. So let's not let's not count our eggs just yet. 
I'm curious to know how you know my sleeping schedule. He watches you while you sleep. I listen to you is the much more realistic possibility there, Jesse. I watch you sleep, not Elliot. It can only be in two places. It can't be in two places at once. Do you have an Amazon Echo <laughs> by your I can bed? only be in two places at once. <laughs> it's that third one I've not quite mastered yet. He hasn't got a bio, he hasn't got a second bionic eye. He can leave places to sort of observe people. Yeah. Do you have like a smart so speaker? I editing job? round that in the. Uh, in I the don't know. It's all st- <laughs> it's all staying in. We'll just move on to the conclusion at this point. I don't know. I'm too damn tired to try and think of how to weave this together neatly. Timo, where can the people find you? Well, you can find me over on Is It Fast, where I have an article out over who I reckon should join Nitro RX, and I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Daniel Ricardo is one of them because I think he would get on absolutely brilliantly there. He, no, trust me, it's very much his vibe. Yeah, he but could look, turn up you, in a horse there, and it would be normal. Yes, it but you normal. can't have him join Nitro RX and also just have Andretti turn up to just Formula for a one season. With... You, you he joins tr- it next year, comes back to F1, does all that stuff, and then when he leaves F1, he can go into Nitro because they don't give a shit there. They have an 83-year-old back in Sweden who sneaked off from his wife at home without telling him he was taking part in the race, just so he could take part in the race. He jump-started twice, but he had a great old time. He absolutely loved him. So, Daniel Ricciardo, welcome anytime. You can what, also what, find what me over on the curves. What do you mean you had an 80-year-old? Paddock There was an 80-year-old. He's a Swedish rally driver back in, like, the old rally days, and he still has a one in his garage at home. He told his wife he was going shopping and then just ended on pretty much the weekend. He did two jump starts in his category and kind of made up the numbers. And then he did one proper race, he didn't jump start it. And then I think he crashed, but he went back home afterwards. He was a happy chappy and it was very entertaining. I can imagine so. It's kind of what we should all aspire to be at that age. Yeah. Did he at least bring back milk? Yeah, did he at least do the shopping? I'm not even sure they needed to go shopping. Oh, he just said he was going shopping. It's just one of those lies. I'll just be five minutes, and then it's like, you don't... (laughs) So... We've got the sidetracked again. Anyway, that's where you can find Timo. You can find him in all of his usual places. Nitro RX podcast, Paddock Sorority, Instagram, Paddock Passion. There we go. Job done. There you are. There's his list of places. Ellie Mae, where can the people find you? I will be deep cleaning my room looking for the cameras that Timo has spying on me. That is probably a sensible move. And if you want more of me, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Jesse on Cars. And if you like more things that are older and carish, you can pick up Classic Car Weekly, which has all my work in it. The issue that's out at the moment sees me interviewing Richard Hammond, Johnny Smith, and Alex Kirsten, all the big names in cars, YouTubing, and television. So, yeah, worth picking that one up. There's also some nice pictures in there from the NEC Classic Motor Show. But that is all we have time for tonight because we've been recording for over two hours now and we're all dead knackered we will see you all after Abu Dhabi 